This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Most people consumed with worry do not realize what a destructive, troublesome, and paralyzing spirit they're entertaining, usually resulting from a Christian dealing poorly with the issues of a very troubled and complex world. Worry clouds good judgment and opens the door to every attack that the enemy can use in making them ineffective for God. In this message of encouragement, Overcoming Worry, Pastor Ray illustrates how Jesus has not only given us permission not to worry, but actually commanded us not to do so. Powerful spiritual truths will be revealed as Pastor introduces the seven most important strategies from the Word of God that have helped him personally in his times of worry. Each a vital weapon in making good decisions today in order to protect all of your tomorrows. Finally, because by its nature, worry is a selfish act, it is amazingly easy to overcome it by simply helping meet the needs of someone else. Frederick Price, Apostle Price, my father in the faith, he once said, said, for some of you, this will be a planting. That means it's the first time you've heard it. For some of you, it'll be a watering. It means you heard it, but you need a little water on it to make it grow a little bit more. Amen? So... As we uh, look into this subject of worry, let's just go back to the definitions. Um, of course, a definition from the dictionary, worry is a disquieted uneasiness of mind, an anxious apprehension concerning an anticipated situation, fretting about a foreboding misfortune, which simply means a feeling that something bad will happen or failure. It also means to torment oneself with disturbing thoughts. And that's what happens when we get into that cycle of worry. We, we meditate on negative things, we meditate on fearful things, we meditate on things that really bring terror to our hearts, and it causes, it causes anxiety, it, causes, it can cause even depression, we're going to see that this morning as we look, look to the Word. Um, so we have, to, we have to understand as believers that God does not want us to live in this place of being disquieted in our mind or in our soul. Jesus said that he came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. Right? So how, is, how can we be living the abundant life when we're in the cycle of worry, when we're encumbered or engrossed in, in this self-focused attention or self-focused thought about oneself? Uh, really, and you'll hear me say this a few times today, is that when you think about it, worry, listen, this is very important, you want to write this down, worry is really a very selfish thing because all it does is focus in on me. Focus in on my needs, my wants, my desires, my situation. See? And um, so uh, it becomes, uh, you know, it becomes a, a real task in our life if we don't grab hold of this worry and learn some principles of how to really break the cycle of worry and get control over worry. It'll, it'll chew you up and it will spit you out. It'll spin you around, chew you up, spit you out. And you'll, you'll, you'll find yourself uh, in anxiety and depression and fear and, and all kinds of things. 
And that's not what God would have for us. Jesus came again so that we would enjoy this life. So, so really the, the bottom line is that God did not leave us without instruction from the word on how to deal with worry in our lives. So number one thing is, as it relates to the past, we've got to learn to forget our past. There's nothing you can do about your past. And people get all consumed and worried about things of the past. And one of the things that we're most worried about are the shameful things, the sinful things, maybe the life we had before we came to Christ. And somehow, uh, you know, we're worried that people are going to find out about us, worried about what people will think about us, worried, you know, if people will still accept us. Because if they find out about this or they find out about that, I don't know who you all are here, but I do know that you're all human, and I know that everybody sitting here has made mistakes and has done things in their life that they wish they had never done. And if we could go back and erase it, we would. But thank God that we don't have to do it. Jesus Christ has done it by his blood shed on the cross at Calvary. Our past is forever washed away. But you see now, if you're worrying about your past, then you're not really trusting God. And you don't, you've got to get to that place where you don't even care about if people ever know anything about you. I wouldn't go around and broadcast stuff, by the way. But if people find out about something or in conversation or or whatever, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because my Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he is a brand new creation. The old is gone, the new is come, and all this is from heaven above, from God himself. Can I get a better amen than that? Right? So don't worry about the past. Don't allow the past to have any, any power in your todays or in your tomorrow. Forget the past. The other thing we talked about was, again, don't worry about your tomorrow, right? Jesus said this in Matthew's Gospel, chapter six and verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So, you know, the, 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 the problem with yesterday and tomorrow is this, that have you ever seen anybody uh, go forward by looking backward? Have you ever seen anybody drive a car forward by looking backward or looking in the rearview mirror? No. If you do that, you're going to get into a whole lot of trouble. So the, the problem is that if you don't deal with your fear over yesterday, you're really hindering your, your tomorrows, your future, right? But as it relates to the future, let's not worry about the things that are yet to come. Let us enjoy the moment in which we live. God has provided this time. God has provided this moment. There are many blessings that we come here with. Let us be appreciative of the blessings we have and give God the glory for what we have today. And let's not worry about the events of tomorrow because tomorrow has enough, today has enough trouble of its own and tomorrow hasn't even come yet, we haven't even finished dealing with today. Now, the one thing I will say as it relates to your tomorrows is that do what you can do today. Be mindful, be proactive, right? Do something proactive today that will empower your future. Don't make, you know, make wise decisions, make careful decisions. I'm very, very careful with every decision that I make because I realize that with every decision that I make, it's going to impact my future in some way. We said our third point last week was learning to cast our cares upon the Lord. Learning to, uh, and this is based upon 1 Peter 5, 7, learning to take all the things that we're worried about and just put them on the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 7 says it this way, cast all of your care upon him for he cares for you. I like the amplified version because I think it says it uh, even nicer. It says, casting the whole of your care all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on Him. For He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully.
Now, this has been my experience. I've done this. I've taken two giant, you know, two giant steps forward, and the next thing I know, the cares are all, all back on me. Anybody ever have that experience? Sometimes you've got to do this action, this activity, 30, 40, 50 times in a day until you convince yourself that God's got your cares. Because the thing is, we put them on the Lord, and then we take them back on ourselves. But we've got to put them on the Lord and leave them on the Lord. That means that I'm not going to worry about them because I know that God cares about me uh, affectionately. What does that mean, affectionately? It means that God loves me. God has such love for me. He don't want me to carry my cares. He wants to carry my cares for me. He's watching out for me. He doesn't want me to be burdened with my cares. He wants to take control over those cares in my life. But I have to yield them. I have to roll them onto Jesus and trust that he can handle my affairs better than I can. And then if they should come back on you, you do it again and you do it again and you do it again and you do it again until you convince yourself that this scripture is truth and that Jesus has got your concerns in his hands and that you have nothing to worry about because Jesus has got you by the hand. Yes. So, one of the strategies that we use in worry is that we learn to cast our cares. You ever get around somebody and they wear the cares of the world on their shoulder, they're heavy, they're encumbered with their cares. I mean, it's... It's, it's, it's terrible. They, don't, they, they just can't, they can't shake it. Now, now, please understand, I understand this. I don't want everyone to get under condemnation here and start worrying that you worry <laughs> about the fact that you worry, right? I don't want you to get there, but, but uh, the fact of the matter is if we learn some effective strategies, we can deal with that worry. If we're going uh, to overthrow worry in our lives, very important things is that we must fill our hearts with the Word of God. The Word of God is active and living and sharper than a two-edged sword. And it's the Word and only the Word that is going to uh, overthrow worry in our life. Let me give you a verse. Proverbs 12, 25. We saw it before, but let's read it in its entirety. Uh, Proverbs 12, 25 says, Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But a good word makes it glad. A good word makes it glad. See, that's why you need to come to church. That's why you need to, you know, have different sources and resources of the Word coming into your life. You must have a steady stream of the Word flowing into your life from somewhere. Because it's, it's the good Word from, from the Word that's going to overthrow that anxiety, overthrow that worry in our life, and make us glad. Amen. You see the reason why people are so depressed? Because they don't, they don't have, they have anxiety in their heart. Anxiety is, comes from worry, you know, worry, anxiety. They're kissing cousins. They're basically the same thing. Anxiety in the heart of man. Notice it says in the heart of man. When you meditate on negative things, when you meditate on your fears, and you meditate on your worries, and you meditate on all of this negative stuff, what's happening is it's lodging itself in your heart. Understand this. This is the way it works. That's why the Bible talks about meditating on the Word of God. Because the word meditate simply means to chew on something, sort of like a cow chews on the cud, right? Chew on it, keep it in your mouth. That's what it means to meditate, to keep on saying it, to keep it in your mouth. When you take the Word of God and you put it in your mouth and you just keep going with it, you keep saying it, you keep speaking it, you keep thinking about it, what happens is you keep the Word in your mouth long enough, it's going to fall down into your heart and become life. But, all right. Here's, here's the reverse. 
If you meditate on worrisome thoughts, on agitating thoughts, on fearful thoughts, on fretful thoughts, if, you, if your meditation is worrisome, and that's all you're thinking about, and that's all you're muttering, and that's all that's coming out of your mouth, guess what? The same thing happens. Worry lodges itself in the heart. That's why he says anxiety in the heart of man is what causes depression. Anxiety or worry in its beginning stages is a very natural, very human experience. The problem is, is when we don't deal with it at its first stage, and we persist with our meditating on it, rehearsing it in our minds, thinking about it, talking about it, talking about it some more, what happens is that that worry falls down into our heart, and when it gets into our heart, it actually brings on depression. And that's how people are depressed. That's how people get depressed, because they, they've absolutely got their heart filled with nothing but this worrisome, fearful, fretful thinking thoughts that have become life. If you meditate on the word, the word will dispel the worry that's lodged in your heart. The way, listen, the word is like Drano for your heart. When your heart gets clogged up with all the wrong thinking because, uh, because of all the wrong thinking and meditating and it gets filled up with all the wrong stuff, the word of God will come in and flush it out and replace it with life-giving, beautiful peace and joy because you're meditating on the word of God. Hallelujah. So, Here's, here's another verse that goes with it. Romans chapter 15 and verse 4 says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. Now listen, listen, that we, through the patience and the comfort of scriptures, might have hope. Through the patience and the comfort of scriptures might have hope. What do the scriptures do, according to this verse? They bring us comfort and they bring us hope. That's what the scriptures do. Now, in the world, you know, this word hope, if you've been around this church for any period of time, you know that that's a subject that I love to talk about, love to teach about, about hope. Because in the world, when you use the word hope, it always has a negative connotation attached to it. People, you say to somebody, well, you know, this is going to be a, a wonderful, you know, like, like New Year's say, you know, New Year's, this is going to be one of the best years, it's going to be a great year. And the response is, I hope so. <laughs> Or you say, you know, somebody's gone on vacation, say, well, have a nice trip and really enjoy so. Well, I hope so. There's always a negative connotation or a negative idea that's attached to the word hope. But do you realize, do you understand, do you know this, that the Bible word hope has absolutely no negativity attached to it? As a matter of fact, the Bible word for hope means this. It means joyful, confident, favorable expectation of things to come. When you are in Bible hope, you're looking to your future for, for favorable things, favorable things to happen. You're confident that there's a favorable future in store for you. So when we get into the Word, when we meditate on the Word, when we open up these Bibles and we begin to search for the Scriptures and we, we, we get Scriptures that apply to our circumstances, do you realize that there's a Scripture? Listen, do you realize there's a Scripture? that can be applied to every situation that you would ever face in life. God did not leave one situation uh, uh, undealt with. Every circumstance, every situation that you would ever have in your life, there's a scripture that applies to that situation. The key is you've got to find that scripture. That's why you've got to be in the Word. It's not just an exercise, a religious exercise. I read my Bible today. Well, you could read your Bible, but did you get anything out of your Bible? 
did you find something in your Bible that applies to your situation for this day? Did you find something in the Bible that you can meditate on that can cause life in your heart to dispel the doubt and unbelief and the worry that wants to grab hold or has already grabbed hold of your heart? It, the Word is the antidote for worry in our lives. Come on, somebody give me a better amen. It's the Word of God. That's why when I, when I, when, when I believe God called me to, to start this church, my whole, my whole thing was, this was going to be a Word church. Man, you come here, you're going to get the Word. You're going to get the Word in the morning, Word in the afternoon, Word in the evening. We're going to bed with the Word. We're waking up with the Word. We're living with the Word. You come to church, you're going to get the Word. I'm going to smack you with Scripture every which way I can. I'm going to hit you over the head with every verse I can find. I'm going to give you one point, three Scriptures, five Scriptures, ten Scriptures, because I want you to get the Word lodged in your heart. But you know what the problem is today? We have too many lazy Christians. I'm telling you, I see, life isn't going to change because brother so-and-so preaches an encouraging word to you. An encouraging word, you know what an encouraging word does? It does this. And the minute you walk out the door, it goes. Just like that. That's what an encouraging word does. If you have an encouraging word, but you can't back it up with scripture, if you ain't got no scripture in your heart that backs up the encouraging word, you're going to deflate like a balloon with a pin in it. Come on, somebody. It's the word that changes our lives. It's the word. Listen, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 that the word of God is active and living and sharper than a two-edged sword. The word is alive. The word is living. The word causes things to change when we grab hold of that word and we release it from our mouth. So you've got to meditate on the word. You've got to change what you're meditating on. You've got you've to take every worry and find the Word and begin to meditate on what the Word says and let that get into the depths of your heart. Can I get a better amen than that? So fill your heart with the Word of God. So be in the Word every day, right? That's why you need to come to church, hear good teaching. That's why whatever church... Now, can I just, can I just say this? And I'm not trying to... Uh, you know, I know we have visitors here and so on and so forth. I, I don't, I'm not trying to put anybody's church down or elevate this church. But like I said, when I started, that was it. We're going we're to be based this church on the word. We're not going to base this church on the worship. We're not building it on the worship. We're not going to build it on children's ministry. We're not building on men's ministry. We're not building it on, you know, any other kind of ministry, singles, groups. Once I had a young lady come through and she, she loved the church, but she decided to leave. And I said, why? Because you don't, you don't have a singles group. So what? You love the church. You're getting the word. Yeah, but I, I want to get married. I got to meet somebody. I'm still shocked over that. You can see I'm speechless, right? When I think of it, it's like, what are you, crazy? What, what you look for in a church is you look for the word being preached. Something that I can sink my teeth into. Something that encourages me, and it's just not a, you know, it's just, you know, a bunch of nonsense. It's, it's word, man. It's word, right? So, so fill our hearts with the word of God. That's what we're doing here. You're in the filling station. Amen? You're in the filling station today. All right. So, this kind of flies on the heels of that thought, but don't talk about your worry. This is point five. Don't talk about your worry. Talk about your faith. We know, based that upon Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, 
and those who love it eat its fruit. You get around some people, all they want to do is they get some sort of satisfaction. They get some sort of internal gratification when all they do is talk about their words. You ever get around somebody like that? I mean, I've been around people like that, and when, after I'm finished, I'm like, oh, man, somebody, give me a blood bath. I've got to take a bath. I'm just, I, I, I mean, I went in happy, and I come out full of words. I, I mean, I, I, can I bring you into, to, you know, sometimes I have counseling sessions. People come in. They pass around. I've got some issues. I've got to talk to them. They come in, sit down. Of course, we give them about a half hour. And uh, how can I help you? And that's it, man. They open up. And for a half hour, all they'll do is tell you about all their worries and all their troubles. And then, you know, they, they get up and they say, Gee, thank you, Pastor. That was wonderful. Got to go, but thank you for your help. I didn't even get a word in edgewise. I didn't even say anything. All they wanted to do was talk about their worries. You know what that tells me? It says there are some people that just like to worry. And there's some sort of gratification we get about worry. Maybe, maybe we feel it gives us attention. You know, we, we meditate on that. We tell everybody else about it. We get angry at people because they don't, they don't you know, join in in our worrying. Oh, you, you know, you don't worry about anything. Yep, amen. Don't worry about anything. Praise God. That's where I want to be. Jesus told me to take no thought for tomorrow. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. And they'll get angry with you because you, you know, because you're not worrying along with them. You know, you know that old saying, misery loves company. Well, misery, I ain't going to be your company. So go be miserable by yourself. Hallelujah. But some people just get, a, are fascinated by, by worry. And, and, uh, and I really do think, I think it's like a negative, it's, it's a way, it's a negative way of getting attention drawn to yourself. And trying to make, make you look like you're, you're so, you know, uh, you're just, you're so in charge, you're so, you know, taking your responsibility. Look at me, I'm worried about everything, I'm taking my responsibility. Well, you just done took too much, because take the responsibility, but leave the worry somewhere else. Leave it at the door when you come home. Leave it somewhere. Uh, so so we, have to, we have to understand that um, we need to not talk about our worry, but rather talk about our faith. Talk about the Word of God. Talk about the things that can be and the things that will be. Uh, Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life. You could either speak death to your life or life to your life. And it's all in the words that you choose. It's all in the things that come out of your mouth. So when you're looking to your future and you're looking to future events or even to what's going on today, change that conversation. Don't talk about the worry because all you're doing by talking about worry is you're creating something. See, most Christians don't understand this. We don't have time to get into a big teaching about this. But if, if you haven't been brought up in the word, then you don't know this. And some of you sitting here today, you don't know this. That your words have creative power. That the words that are coming out of your mouth are creating something for you in the future. Most people don't. That's why this verse here that I'm giving you, Proverbs 18:21, says, "Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit." You see, because what we don't, what, what most people, some uninformed people, don't understand, don't realize, is that the words that you speak, see, see, you're in trouble today. It's probably because you talked yourself into it. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at two for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you missed any of the hundreds of inspiring, life-changing Bible study messages of encouragement taught by Pastor Ray on this More Than Conquerors radio station, such as those on salvation, healing, miracles, faith, forgiveness, and many more, podcast downloads of all these programs are yours free of charge by simply going to PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com and clicking on Podcasts. That's podcasts at either PastorRayNY.com ny.com or wmca.com thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of god-centered lessons of integrity and victory from the word of god and being ever mindful that as life's challenges come god's word is truth and will always impact our lives in a positive way in making us more than conquerors